Hello, and welcome back to Crescent Moon Kids Podcast, where we explore many aspects of parenting and raising kids. I was having a conversation with a close friend of mine and a colleague recently, and she has a an almost 12-year-old son, and they have had just off and on struggles for pretty much his whole life for different reasons. Um, he's just had a lot of challenges, and she's been continuously searching for ways to help him with his social and emotional awareness and for just dealing with the challenges that come up. So she had this idea to use a journal to communicate with him. And so she introduced it to him in writing by writing in the journal and making that first entry to him and explaining in that journal what the whole process was about. And to her pleasant surprise, he wrote back by responding to that first entry she made. So the premise of this concept is to help children communicate in a way that might be easier and more accessible for them. She set it up as an avenue for the two of them and just the two of them to communicate with each other anytime either one of them has something that they need to say to the other one. And it's also a means to better connect using this alternative to talking that will hopefully help him to be more open and receptive. So as children get older, they tend to recluse and sometimes shut down, sometimes they get moody, sometimes they just are struggling. Maybe they're emotionally confused or maybe they are dealing with a social issue. And sometimes it's hard to help them just by talking. For this particular friend, she told me that her son had said that she talks too much and he doesn't want to hear it. And he would end up walking away from her when she was trying to talk to him. So she finally had to come to terms with that reality. And she realized that she was talking too much and that he wasn't receptive. And so this is why she found another form of communication. So as I was contemplating this, I remembered um, when I was at a baby shower for my son and daughter-in-law for their first baby, One of the women who was hosting the shower was telling them about this idea, this this very same idea, and she had used it with her kids who are now grown. She felt like it was really an effective tool, and it was a safe way to communicate. It was non-threatening. She said there was nothing off limits, and her kids knew that it was private just between the two of them. So I really was intrigued by this concept when my friend brought it up, and I was remembering about this story. So often children struggle. They don't understand social issues. They don't know what their feelings are. They're just confused. Their brains are not developed enough to handle and deal with some of the things that come up in their lives. And even though talking is critically important, as always, for for anything, sometimes being able to communicate in a different way is also helpful. And And that means that we can be creative in the way that we choose to parent and choose to communicate with our kids. And there are endless ways to do that. For this episode, I wanted to think about and share some of the different ways to communicate with your kids. And this is just a sampling, so I want you to use your creativity as well. Everyone has a different love language. And you may have heard about that book. Um, I think it's called The Four Love Languages. Um, there's, there are different ways that people feel loved and respected and, and valued. 
and everyone also has a prominent learning style. It's a different mode for the best way to receive information. And I think it's beneficial to try to recognize these in your children and to be able to tap into those when you're trying to communicate with them. So for a child who is very tactile, using touch in different ways could be helpful. If you're needing to re redirect your young child, maybe you take a hold of their hand, give it a squeeze, or maybe you rub one hand between both of your hands. Maybe you offer a hug, or maybe you put your hands on either side of their chest and back to help them feel wrapped up and safe. Maybe when you greet your child, you do a handshake in different ways. And I used to do this in my classroom with my students. We had several different ways to greet each other in the morning. And one of them was called the spider. And this is where you start off as if you're going to give a handshake, but you walk your fingers up the arm of your your child or the person you're greeting. And that person walks their fingers up your arm towards your elbow. And it's just an alternative form of a handshake. You could also do something like a fist bump or an elbow bump or maybe a cross elbow bump. Or maybe you come up with a pattern of body touches that are just your signature greeting or goodbye ritual between you and your child. For an older child maybe who is tactile, maybe you offer couch time. You can sit near each other or close to each other. You could offer a foot rub, or my kids used to absolutely love the head rub. You could work together on a project where you have to sit close to each other to collaborate. And sometimes this is all it takes for your child to feel that connection and then to feel safe and to be able to open up to a different way to communicate. For a child who is more auditory, um, and that means they process better through hearing, you could use music. Maybe you play different genres on Spotify to connect with words through music, or maybe when you're giving an instruction for them to do something, you sing it instead of speaking it. That's a magical way often to attract the attention of a child and, and then it really helps create connection. You could use a pattern of rhythmic sounds, such as clapping, tapping your feet, tapping your knees, snapping your fingers. You could also call an older child's phone and leave a voicemail. There are just limitless ways to connect with kids. So if you use your imagination, I'm sure you'll be able to tap into really finding ways to, to understand your child more fully. For the visual child, you might use a picture chart. So let's say your child needs to remember the sequence of activities to get ready to leave the house in the morning. And maybe they keep getting distracted or they have resistance. I've often recommended using a chart to help a child be self-directed when they are needing to remember what to do or how to stay on task. Now, this is not a reward chart. That would be something different where you would actually give a prize. But this is something where they would just have a visual reminder that will take the place of you talking to them and reminding them and, and maybe harping at them. So it keeps them on task and it keeps them self-directed. Maybe a visual child also needs sign language. So instead of talking with your voice, you talk with your hands. Maybe you learn American Sign Language together so that that can be something the two of you do that's special and that connects you in a way that honors their need for less talking and more visual cues. So those are three most common ways people learn through either visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. 
And, but there are several other styles, but these are, these are the three most common and prevalent ones. And I think it's really helpful to recognize which one is the most dominant in your child. So to be able to understand and kind of recognize which one is more dominant for your kids, you might really pay attention to how they're viewing things or, or their um, interactions. So if you see a child really watching other people and observing, maybe that's the child who is visual. If you hear someone saying, I hear what you're saying, it's possible that person is an auditory learner. Now, I personally am a very kinesthetic learner. So when I'm talking, I use a lot of hand gestures. And I also find it's helpful to write things down to be able to retain information and then also to move in ways that help me to, um, to remember something. Kids love to feel special to adults and especially young children. Even older children enjoy that feeling that they're unique and special to those who love them. When you establish an alternative way to communicate with your child, this will give them the sense that they're special and that they're unique and that the two of you will have a bond through that connection for years to come. So these again are just ideas. They're just the tip of the iceberg as you explore ways to communicate with your kids. And think of them as a jump start that might help you deal with struggles you may be having with your kids. But even if you feel like your communication is really effective and things are going well, it's always beneficial to keep observing your kids, keep watching for clues, and to be prepared to maybe make some adjustments with your communication in case you need to. And that will help better understand your kids and then will help them ultimately through whatever challenges they have. So again, thanks so much for listening and until next time.